Welcome back. We are glad you have chosen to join us as Pastor Tim continues his message from 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 through 8, entitled, Good to the Last Drop. God promises reward for his faithful servants, and these rewards will not perish. The Bible calls them crowns, and it mentions five by name. Living in light of the end means, in part, looking forward to the reward God has promised his children. Here's Pastor Tim. So comprehend the present. Understand where you are in your timeline, if you will. Consider your past. Look back, how have you invested things? And then number three, contemplate your future. Contemplate your future. In verse number eight, he says, finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Paul's talking about the future now, isn't he? When he does depart from this life, when he is finally poured out, when the last drop is poured from his life. What does he look forward to? First of all, you can recognize that he, he looks forward to being in the presence of the Lord. He says that he will stand there before the Lord, the righteous judge. We, we will be judged, won't we? We talked about this last week. We know that we'll stand before him in judgment. We don't want a fair judge. We don't want a slanted judge. We want a righteous judge. I don't want to get what's fair, and I don't want to get what I've earned, and I don't want to get what's coming to me. I want mercy, and I want grace. I want to stand before the righteous judge who gives to not only to, to a person like Paul, but he gives to everybody who has loved his appearing, who's looking forward to that day when he returns. Now, what he mentions in this passage is this crown of righteousness. There are five heavenly crowns that are mentioned in the New Testament that are awarded to believers. I want us to take some time to go through those, but let me, let me take you back to where that kind of comes from. It goes back to a little bit to what he said in verse number 7. We talked about this, I, th I think it was last week, when we talked about the Bema seat and believers standing before that judgment seat of Christ. <clears throat> those runners would run, run the race inside of the arena. When that first person crossed the finish line is declared the winner, he is then brought over to the place that's called the Bema Seat. Sitting in the Bema Seat is the most important person in attendance that day. For us, it's going to be the Lord Jesus. As he stands there and I get to come and stand before him saying, I have finished the race, and he hands out crowns. Now, what they, what they would do in their day with those athletic games, they would hand out a, a laurel of leaves and place those things on the head of the winner so that he might be recognized as such, that he himself would gain great glory. For us, it's a very different kind of 
crown, though, isn't it? But it's what Paul alludes to as he begins to explain to us what that righteous judgment is going to be like and what the results of that's going to be like for us when we do receive those crowns. So let's go through them real quick. You can jot them down if you want to. I think I've got them on your screen. One is the imperishable crown. The imperishable crown. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 and 25, he says this. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate or is disciplined in all things. He says, now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. So this runner, he's talking about those athletic games, and that runner comes, stand before the bema seat, and he's given that laurel of leaves. It's not going to be long. You know, before the leaves have dried up, before they're beginning to fall off the stem and fall off this crown, so to speak, Paul says that's not the kind of crown that we are looking forward to. It's not a crown that's going to dry up and perish. By the way, that's why Jesus says, don't store up your treasure on earth where where moths destroy and where rust destroys, where thieves break in and steal. Instead, lay up your treasures in heaven because they're imperishable. That faithful endurance that the child of God observes will receive a reward that fits. It's an imperishable crown. Number two, there's the crown of rejoicing. The crown of rejoicing. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 19. Paul writes and says, For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? What is it? He says, Is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at His coming? <laughs> I mean... If there's anybody in all the world that has reason to rejoice, it's us. But if you think you've got good reason to rejoice now, here, imagine the reasons that you're going to have to rejoice when you get there. That's what that crown is about. You know, uh, he says there's coming a day when God's going to wipe away every tear out of your eye. There's not going to be any more death. There's not going to be any more sorrow. There's not going to be any more crying. He says all that stuff has passed away. Instead, there's just joy in the presence of the Lord. Third, is the crown of righteousness. That's the one that we just read about here in 2 Timothy chapter 4 in verse number 8 when he says, this is the one that's been laid up for me. You'll notice as you look through there, he says, this is one for those who have loved his appearing. If you're ready for the Lord to come back, you love the fact that He is coming back for you, that you get to spend eternity with Him, then that crown of righteousness is for you. It's not a crown of righteousness that highlights our good deeds. The Bible says our righteousness is like filthy rags before the Lord. But it's His righteousness that has been placed upon us. And it's His righteousness that rests upon us 
forever and forever and forever. Number four. Number four is the crown of glory. This time we move out of what Paul has written to what Peter has written. First Peter chapter 5 and verse number 4. He says, and when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. It reminds me somewhat of that imperishable crown. But this is a glory that's not the glory of a winner, the glory of the runner. This is more like who Jesus is. Now, I told you <clears throat> that these crowns go back to that time when the, the, the one in the Bema seat would, would lay that crown, lay that laurel on top of the head of the winner. The crown is called, in, the, in your Greek text, is called a Stephanos crown. It goes back to Stephen. Well, the Stephanos crown is for the overcomer, it's for the winner, it's for the victor. So this laurel is that Stephanos crown. Each one of these crowns that are given to us are Stephanos crowns. They are crowns that are, they're earned. I mean, they're earned by the life that you live. They, they are one, so to speak. And so we want to live our life in such a way that we do earn those things. There's a second kind of crown in the Bible, though. It's called the diadem crown. The diadem crown is not like the Stephanos crown. The Stephanos crown is given because of something that you do. The diadem crown is given because of who you are. The diadem crown is the crown that Jesus wears. He's given a Stephanos crown, but he's worthy to wear the diadem crown. I'm not worthy to wear the diadem crown. But this crown, this Stephanos crown of glory, reminds us far more of the diadem crown that Jesus wears. Why? Because it's a reflection of who he is. Again, in the same way that it's not, that the, that the crown of righteousness is not representative of our righteousness. The crown of glory is not representative of our glory. Yes, we have overcome. <laughs> yes, we have endured to the very end. Yes, there is a winning component, if you will, to that. But I'm not celebrating that. Celebrating who I am in Him. That my life is completely wrapped up in Him. The athlete gains glory for himself when he wears that crown. The child of God in heaven gives glory to Jesus because of the crown that he has been given. Why do you think then that one of these days we take whatever crown that it is and we cast it at the feet of Jesus? Because it's for his glory. I told you there are five. Let me give you one more. It's called the crown of life. I think every believer gets this one. The crown of life. You find it in Revelation chapter 2 and verse number 10. When Jesus is speaking and John is writing and he says, Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested. And you will have tribulation ten days. Be faithful until death. And I will give you the crown 
of life. I do think it's for all believers. I think it's especially for those who endure sufferings, who bravely confront persecution that's coming their way because of Jesus, even those who will be martyrs. It's the crown of life that just simply shows that we have life in Him forever and forever and forever. John writes that passage in Revelation, but he also writes this one in his very first epistle. In chapter 2 and verse 25, he says, This is the promise that He has promised to us, eternal life. It's because of who He is that we're able to face the biggest opponent that we will ever, ever face. And that's death. Know this. Just as sure as you're watching a Rocky movie, <laughs> you know, Mr. T is going down in Rocky 3. That Russian's going down in Rocky 4. Apollo's going down every time, you know, eventually. Death is going down because Jesus has already won the victory. You don't have to be afraid. You just have to walk with him. Let's pray. Jesus, we honor you. We honor you with our life. We want everything about our life to count, both now and for forever. We're grateful for the crowns that you award to your people. We recognize just living a life of obedience is a reward unto itself. May you be glorified and honored by everything in our life, even our death. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you want to come pray, come pray. I'll pray with you. You can come to the altar, whatever you need to do. Let's stand together and we'll sing. This year at Brit David, we would like to challenge you to share the love of Christ with those you come into contact with each day. Remember, he who wins souls is wise. Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is church office at BritDavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Brit David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Brit David Podcast.